What's up, buddy? How's it going? What's up? How's it going? How's uh? What what are you doing? Hello, hello there. Hello, hello, governor. Hello, mayor governor. Uh, so I asked uh, Twitter for some possible uh topics of conversation. Uh, and were there any you wanted to cover? Any any that you thought were particularly enticing? I mean, I think uh, 99% of the questions that were, well, no, I would say that 80% of the questions asked were about food, uh, food related. Well, you, are, you are, I mean, Sato from My Hero Academia, right? <laughs> oh, God. I would, <laughs> I would say that's Jay. the character that represents you the most, right? <laughs> that's uh, my spirit animal. I, oh, people are... <laughs> People are actually going to be thinking that now. Like, uh, that's the first <laughs> thing that we said. So he's Sato. No, 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 no. Okay, so for those of you who don't know Dave, um, he he's a very, very good cook, very passionate about food. Um, but don't think that food is uh, all that he's about. In fact, I would describe him. I think I described you as a, you're like Eraserhead and All Might combined into one person. Damn, Superman like, and yeah. Batman. It's it's kind of like that. It's like you've got you've got the. The kindness of All Might, but also the 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 poisonous edge of of an eraser head. But well, even eraser head is nice. Uh, deep yeah, down, yeah so. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, but I, I I think we've also described like if you were a Pokemon type, you'd be poison type. I think. Uh, yeah. So just keep that in mind, people. He's not all about food. Although we may be talking about food in a second. Yeah. Uh, what what did you want to start with? Um. So yeah. 80% of it is food, and I think the other 20% is why my username is Scrotum Nose. Oh, I my think, God. I mean, Every like... I might tag you in something like, oh, did you know his name? Yeah, really? Scrotum needs sure? balls. It's balls, <laughs> man. Uh, okay, well, besides those ones, um, any non-food ones you wanted to cover before we get into... If we get into food, like, anything that you wanted to... That you thought was interesting. Okay, okay, let's... Okay, let's let's start it out. Like, let's start it out in food, and then we'll see where it goes cool. from there. Okay. Let's. The first thing. I, I'm not sure if you've asked this on your other programs, but your top three fast food choices. Ooh. Your go-to fast food. Like, if you were like, "Oh, it's Saturday. I'm fucking hungry." Mm. Um. Oh, I can I. Cursing is okay. What right? do you think? <laughs> I just have to ask. I don't know. It's like maybe. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Yeah, the answer maybe is absolutely not. Uh, let's see. <laughs> My top three uh, fast food choices. Uh, it's funny. The, actually, the previous episode we went into fast food, but that's okay. I I, I don't think I talk about my fat top three. Or oh, do regional is be re, uh, like re, available right now, or is like regional? Yeah, across. Um, let's say regional. It's like an all region sort of deal. If you. Like, uh, uh, don't let uh, any East Coast or, like, Midwestern chains, like, don't leave that out of the running. Ooh, okay. Uh, well, you know my number one is Steak and Shake. Uh, Steak and Shake's mm -hmm. my number one. Uh, okay. This is where it gets tricky because it's, like, sometimes I wonder, like, for example, if I had sh access to Shake Shack regularly, would that be, like, you know, would I get sick of it? Or would I love it just as much every time, right? Like Steak and Shake, I know mm. I would never get sick of because there used to be one near Anne Marie's apartment in Michigan, and we used to go all the time, and I loved it every single time. Whereas 
Shake Shack, I only get it every now and then. I get the chance to eat there, right? Same thing with like, yeah. um, actually, I do love Culver's, but have you ever had, we've talked about Culver's. You've had Culver's, right? I have not had Culver's. Ooh, I've heard about okay, it, okay. but no Culver's. Culver's is the butter burger and uh, the smash, they're smash patties. They put a pat of butter on the patty and, and you get to get cheese curds with it. Uh, it's really fucking good. But um, Was that a Chicago? It's a Midwest thing. thing and I think maybe East Coast, but it's definitely Midwest for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. it's legit, but I don't know if Culver's would be my top three because steak, sh- steak, uh, steak and shake scratches the itch of smash patty. So I'm going to say steak and shake mm-hmm. <sighs> McDonald's. My, it's gotta be in there somewhere just cause it's, I just always am craving it. So I think that, I think that'll be my number three. Yeah. I, I feel the same way where it's like, I, I feel like I have to respect the end mm-hmm. like McDonald's. Like it has to be in there because I'm always like latently craving yes. it, but uh, I'm never like this is what I need to have in my belly right now. Like, exactly. It's not a it's not a primary it's not a primary craving, but it's always like it's like a consistent secondary or tertiary. It's always in your brain, no matter what. Like yeah, even yeah. now, McDonald's is like two percent of my brain. Even though we're not well, now we're talking about it, so it's like eighty percent. But even when I'm not thinking about McDonald's actively, it's always there in the back of my mind. Like to me, um, McDonald's is like the queen. Like if somebody asked me who my favorite bands were. Mm. Uh, I would say bands, but I think, you know, uh, I would never say queen, but like, it's like the queen of like, you know, fast foods for me because like, I always love queen and I always love hearing queen on the radio. And, you know, I like hum it a lot, but I'm I'm never like, Oh no, that's like my favorite band of all. You're always trying to think of like cooler stuff or something. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think my number two, that's tough because I love Jack in the box, but that's not gonna be top three. Wendy's is very good, but even that, I think that wouldn't be above, that might be like right below McDonald's. So, oh, it's got to be Burger King. No, uh, let's see. It's uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a funny joke. You know, I'm going to make McDonald's number two because it's just, I you know, I have it all the time and, you know, I, I, I know I love it. And I might put Shake Shack at number three because every time I have Shake Shack, it's very good. Um, and now, would I feel that, especially because you can get the one with like the, the, what is it, the cherry peppers and like the bacon, like, you know, that version. Yeah, yeah. Or you can get the fucking, um, uh, the smokes, uh, the, the shroom, like the portobello, with like fried yeah, shroom yeah. patty. Like, man, those hit the damn spot every time. So, oh, but that's, but see, it's like I, it's untested waters, right? I, I, I have not had it enough, so I'm, I'm thinking actually, hmm, maybe I'll put, maybe I'll put Wendy's as my three. I might put Wendy's there, just for. <laughs> I gotta say, I'm surprised that uh, I thought that I, I thought the Taco Bell was going to be uh, part of. The- oh wait, 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 wait! We're just saying all fast food at all. Yeah, just like fast food, not just like a burger. Oh, not just oh, a burger. Oh. oh. Get the fuck out of here, uh, uh, Wendy's. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be, if it's all fast food, Taco I mean, Bell. Toasted cheddar. You no, know, yeah, Taco <laughs> Bell is going to be number three um, for sure. Um, toasted cheddar, chalupa. I mean, besides that, I the 
Crunchwrap Supreme, Steak Quesadilla, you know, mm-hmm. Cheesy Gritty to Crunch. It's classics, you know. So I think that's going to be my top three then. How about you? So your top three is uh, Taco Bell, no, 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 McDonald's. Steak and Shake, McDonald's, Taco Bell. I mean, I was going from three I to see. one. I see. Yeah. Steak and Shake. Well, um, For me, I think that my top, my third uh, is definitely McDonald's. Mm. I would say that I crave their burgers. Mm, I mean, it scratches an itch, an, an itch yeah. occasionally, but when I think of breakfast, there is no other name. Like it has mm. to be McDonald's hash brown and McGriddle, like sort of combo. Yeah. Like, like no other fast food breakfast can even touch McDonald's on that right. front. Uh, to me, um, second is um, Yoshinoya. <laughs> what? <laughs> Really? Yeah. Second is Yoshinoya. Okay, okay. I love, I love Yoshinoya, and I don't know why. I mean, well, no, I can imagine why, but it's such a polarizing thing. Like I was just having this conversation last night. It's like, okay, um, I was asking some work people, sure. and you know, um, they didn't know the love that I have for Yoshinoya, mm. and somebody else asked, like, what do you think of Yoshinoya? And unanimously, everybody was like, mm, it's fucking garbage, man. It's fucking. <laughs> It's like eating out of a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, that's not the first time I've heard that. I hear that quite often. Mm. Or, you know, the reaction when I say that I love Yoshinoya is like, like, what's wrong? Like, don't you like like regular food? Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't you love yourself? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, uh, I don't know. There's something that's like real simple about like a beef bowl. Um, it ticks all. I mean, I think as a Filipino, mm. it tastes very, very similar to a common like Filipino dish um, mm. called bistec, okay. which is basically, you know, like really thin, like Philly cheesesteak, you know, sliced thin beef yeah. uh, cooked in like, you know, soy sauce, adjacent marinade and served on top of rice. So it's fucking just, hungry right now, but go, go ahead, continue. Yeah, it, it's it's so good. Like uh, and going to Japan and having the OG Yoshinoya and being able to get like uh, a fresh egg yolk oh. on it and like have like green onions and stuff okay, well, like it's really really listen, good we're not talking about the japanese version <laughs> of yoshinoya yeah no no i've only had the japanese version of yoshinoya maybe twice okay, okay okay every other time has been you know uh like a filthy corner <laughs> of like a suburb you know a filthy corner of like a city mm. and it's like you know in between like a cigarette shop like a smoke shop and like uh, a laundromat there's like a dirty oceanoyas and you walk in and you know you, your feet are sticking on the ground because some asshole has like spilled like some coke on the mm-hmm. floor yeah uh, the people behind the counter don't give a shit at all and don't realize like the gold that they're keeping in like you know their their you know their food storage mm. like they don't give a shit they're not making the food with love but it's still really fucking good to me and like you can get like the ginger packets like having like white rice and like you know that sliced ginger mm. like to me that'll make almost anything good but yeah, interesting good interesting. shit man i've only had it like maybe once or twice and i mean i'm not saying it's like disgusting it's not disgusting but it's to me it's just mediocre that's it that's all it is to me it wouldn't even i don't think it would even touch top fi- okay 50 might be harsh but maybe i don't know now i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna make how many top how many fast food restaurants are there 200 it won't touch like the top 190 it would ta- it would be probably in the hundreds because i don't think i could eat i've even eaten at a hundred fast food chains but 
I I could eat Yoshinoya like every single day, like for the rest of my oh life. Oh my like, god. I, I love it. I love it that much. That is amazing to me. Okay, what's your number one? My number one is Wendy's. That's what I thought. Okay. Number okay. one is Wendy's, hands down, not even like no no contest. Wendy's real beef, is... man. No, no, it's good. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Don't get me wrong. I don't give a shit about I don't give a shit about real beef, but to me, I think the ratio of the baconator is is that's that's it. Like the ratio, mm. like I feel like a burger to me uh, is very dependent on the burger to bun ratio. I and see. everybody's goalposts are different, but for me, Wendy's has it perfectly. Like when I bite into a baconator, that's as much meat as I want in a bite mm. of burger. Mm-mm. Okay. The fries are, you know, uh, you know, I, I'd say pretty neutral on the fries because I think McDonald's fries are probably better. You know, I think probably they're, they're one million times better. Yeah, they're. Uh, I don't really. It's all about the baconator for me. And oh, my addendum to Yoshinoya is that you have to um get the beef bowl. Everything else in there is just a bastardized version of um uh, Panda Express. Like, mm-hmm. don't get the honey chicken. Don't get the orange chicken. Don't even get your beef bowl with vegetables. Just get beef and rice, and that's it. You can get a drink. Like, okay, I can understand like Yoshinoya if like because it, it it's probably like the same sort of thing as like hey if we had Japanese kombini here, kind of that kind of thing, right? Just get like mm. like a quick cheap Asian food that tastes pretty good quick. Like, yeah, is that basically where you're coming from? I I. Guess so. I mean, or you think that maybe it is, is just so delicious? Did you uh, I, I mean, as a kid? I'm never, I'm never, no, no, I never ate Yoshinoya. This until, is so baffling to me <laughs> until I, yeah, but no, no, but I think it's like the flavor is so close to uh meals that I've had in the Philippines. Mm. Okay, then that's it. That's the, I understand. But then. Okay. It, it's not like, um, like it's not like, like every time I, every single time I order Yoshinoya, I get it. And I'm like, this is so fucking good. I'm not like, well, you know, it's it's there. It's 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 comfortable food. It's it's always like, oh boy, I'm going to eat some Yoshinoya. It's a good day today. Maybe I should, you know, maybe I need to go with you at some point. Let's just go to Yoshinoya. And... I think the contact high of seeing how much I love it is going to make it taste better to you. But you only get I got the regular beef bowl. I mean, it was fine. Like it, you know, like not offensive, not, you know, like perfectly fine but you know maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe just i'll feel your aura <laughs> radiate from you yeah like there's you know make it yeah there's no mystery there's no mystery here there isn't like you know like a secret next level to yoshinoya what you tasted is probably like that's probably it you know there's this there are no more revelations to be had i think i just really like the taste that is very interesting to me okay okay now I have a topic I want I want to cover if we don't have anything. But are there is there anything else on the Twitter Twitter line that you thought was like particularly interesting? I mean, if we were on the subject of food and wanted to talk about underrated foods, for example, we okay. could like jump off to that. But you know, if you like, you know, I'm also interested to hear what kind of topics you had for, um, you know, talk about. I'm I'm fine either way. Well, actually, before I even address that one. You mentioned at the top about, like, you know, creative stuff, and then we immediately started talking about fast food. Uh, but if we go back to that, like, the creative or cartoons or whatever, uh, I mean, where did, you, where did you want to go with that? Is there some direction you wanted to go? 
Um, basically, uh, I'm interested in talking about like, you know, I feel like you and I are similar in the sense that like we sort of forged the path uh on our own on our own assumptions yeah and i feel like you know i feel like my secret sauce in the industry has always been i don't really have much of a foundation mm. since i'm kind of like an outsider on the thing and like uh because of that i've been able to be very limber about like how i approach things and how i approach like structure etc it's very interesting to me because you've told me this story before but you because for those of you who don't know, he uh, Dave is, works in cartoons, and you know he worked on OKKO OK as a storyboarder. Uh, now you're on Craig of the Creek. Uh, and what is your is it? Uh, what is your title right now? Uh, I am the storyboard supervisor. Storyboard supervisor. That's right. Yeah, on yeah. Craig of the Creek. Uh, and you know, for me, you know, I love your art, and you know, you've clearly been drawing for a while, but that's not what you went to school for. Right. Oh no, definitely. So just not. just if you could quickly just like or not quickly, but if you can just give a recap for the listeners, like what your sort of journey was. Uh, sure, sure. It's very interesting well, to me. I um was uh you know I was born here in the states in New Jersey. Um, I went to grade school in Jersey, but I moved to the Philippines when I was like uh, ten or eleven years old. Uh, I moved to the Philippines in like ninety five. And um, <clears throat> I did a uh, high school and college in the Philippines. And when I was in college, uh, I had the intent of like being like a computer programmer because I'm like really into video games, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, and I was like, oh yeah, I want to program games. I want to make like the next StarCraft or the next Warcraft. And um, so I went to college for um, programming, and then um, I just sort of went with the flow and it wasn't until my junior year of college i was like wait a minute this is like this is like math like Mm. programming is like math with letters and like i fucking hate math and i'm not good at math like i wasn't good at programming either like considering how much i know you hate math i'm amazed you got to junior year of programming (laughs) well no no the first two years are gen ed the third year is when and that's and then you were like you were like wait a minute this is yeah, you were yeah, like, this is fucking math. Yeah, I hate like I just finished all my gen ed math classes in college, and I was like, yes, I never have to take another math ever again in my life. Like, uh, I had a party after my last like math class. I was like, I never have to do this again. What did and you so think programming I, was? I, I thought it was like playing video games. <laughs> I want to make video games, so naturally, it's like playing video games. Yeah, you press but... A to make them jump, and that's how you. <laughs> You pre- yeah, you press A on your controller to make the computer make Mario jump. But yeah, when I found out just how steeped in math and that kind of logic, that sort of meticulous logic, you know, mm. I would say that that side of the brain, that's something that I think you would be really good at. Like, uh, I feel like you're really good at, like, you know, uh, crossing your T's and dotting your I's. Mm, okay, okay. But uh, it's definitely not my... It's not my wheelhouse. So um, I stuck with it for a year. And in my senior year, I had sort of like a quarter life crisis. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. What can I do if I'm not programming? And I thought, hey, maybe I can like do art. Maybe I can do drawing and stuff. And, you know, I'd always like doodled as a kid. I would like draw on like, you know, uh, the margins of my notebooks. But I never actually like really thought of art as anything serious until i was panicking about like 
thinking about what I had to do in my life, you know, yeah, how to yeah. well, how to make something of my life. And so I was like, oh, I'll I'll do art, but you know, graphic design sounds like you know that sounds like a respectable job, mm-hmm. and it utilizes some of the skill set that I've got in computer science. So I went into graphic design on my last year of college, mm, okay. and um, I did that for a while. And you know, uh, I graduated. I scraped by. I really scraped by. I was like a terrible student, but I was able to land a job at like an advertising agency, mm. like in the Philippines. And so I was doing ad related stuff for a while, and um, it was good. You know, career path was good. But um, I really wanted to draw, like I really wanted to do creative or, you know, I wanted my voice to shine through, not just to like make websites or just sure. like make art to spec, you know. Right. And so um, I moved from the Philippines back to the States in 2006 and uh, with the intent of being like, oh, a concept designer, I'm going to work in games as an artist. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I stumbled my way, you know, I went back to Jersey I went to like Chicago for a little while. Like, um, I went to Chicago because uh, I landed a job designing Beanie Babies. Oh yeah, like, you I told worked... me about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like my first art-related job in the states was Beanie Baby designer, mm. and that sounds amazing. Like on paper, like that sounds great, but that was easily the worst job I've ever had. Why was it the um, worst job you ever? I, I actually, you not, you, we have not talked about this. Well, um. You would think that, like, there's some sort of Willy Wonka-esque, like, thing about, like, oh, I'm going to go in and I'm going to design a bear. And, yeah, like, it's yeah. going to be cool. I'm going to I'm gonna make this bear with, like, a really big dick, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It sounds very yeah, whimsical. Can, yeah. Yeah, whimsical. Yeah. But um, it was really more about, like, you know, Beanie Babies is still kicking. Yeah. And I feel like for any business to, like, survive this long, like... They've sort, they're sort of like on cruising mode. Like they've got their licensing deal. So it really wasn't about creating new content as much as it was Frankensteining popular lines and, you know, making new bears that fit like, oh, well, uh, last quarter, these bears sold well. Mm. This quarter, these bears sold well. Why don't we combine those two features and we'll see how that does. I it was see. really more of like a business marketing like sort of dealio. Mm, okay. Uh, there really wasn't any sort of creativity like involved. Gotcha. And um, uh, also the creator, um, um, Ty, uh, Ty Warner is like the owner of Ty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was definitely a Willy Wonka type where he was just like a crazy, well, crazy is uh, very harsh maybe, I don't know. But he was an eccentric billionaire <laughs> that like had like, did I tell you about the time he, he gave me a car? I was like, you should tell this story. Yeah. Okay, I so, know like, I know this story, but yeah. So Ty Warner is at, at the height of Beanie Babies was the 39th richest man in America. Like he he's he's literally a billionaire. Like he showed me this card that he got from the McDonald's Corporation because like Beanie Babies and McDonald's had like um had a promotion together. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's traditionally been the highest selling promotion that you know mcdonald's has had with their happy meals ever sure. um uh, i'm not sure if it has been surpassed i feel like the pokemon thing might have like uh might have surpassed that but i don't i don't know the stats but it was big yeah, it was but they love the yeah. ty so much that like he showed me this like credit card that he got from you know the ceo of mcdonald's and it was <laughs> like this black card with an m on it it was like a metallic 
like platinum black card with an M on it. And he said, see this card? And he talked like somebody from the 20s. He talked, talked, oh, gee whiz, David, (laughs) David, check out this. Do you see this card, David? If I take this into any McDonald's across the world, I'll get a burger for free. Holy (laughs) shit. I, that, that's the dream. Yeah. It's it's an unlimited McDonald's card. And like, (laughs) I, I sort of wish he gave me that instead of the card. um, Basically how the story goes is that like, um, I had just moved to Chicago. Well, not just, I was there for like almost a year Mm -hmm. and I was commuting. I was taking the train and commuting in the winter in Chicago via train is no fun at all. It's like really, really cold and snowy. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking of getting a car to get to work. And I was telling, you know, I was just shooting the shit with Ty because being a gajillionaire with no actual obligations, he liked to go down to the art department and just like shoot the shit and be like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a creative genius. Make this bear blue. Make <laughs> this bear red. Uh-huh. Good job, guys. And so... We were just bantering, and I was telling him. He was telling me like, "Oh, um, you wouldn't believe it, Dave. You wouldn't believe it, David. <laughs> I lost my car today. I lost my Jeep." And I was like, "Oh, what happened?" And he was like, I, "I, I went to the hospital. I just left my vehicle in the front of the hospital, and went to the front desk, and I filled out some paperwork for like an hour, and I came back. The car was running." He said. Mm-hmm. I left my car running outside of a hospital for an hour, and when I went back outside, it was gone. <laughs> I was like, in my head, I was like, you know, of course, you fucking idiot. Like, what do you expect? But um, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm really sorry to hear that, um, Ty, because um, I'm thinking of buying a car. I was going to take out a loan this weekend so I can get a car because yeah. I'm sick of, like, commuting. Mm. And he was like, hmm, well, we'll tell you what I'll do, David. If the car turns up, it's yours. <laughs> and, I'll, you know, we were like, ah, that's, that's funny. That'd be the day, right? You know, it'd be great if that happened. And so, you know, the weekend passed. And, like, first thing Monday morning, I'm back in my chair, like, and Ty bursts in, like, you know, at 10 to 9. And he was, like, you know, really beaming. He was like, David, David. <laughs> and I was like, what's, what's up, Ty? And he was like, you'll never believe it. My Jeep turned up. Somebody turned in my Jeep. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's like, that's so, that's awesome. I'm glad that, like, that shit never happens. Like, I can't imagine, like, you know, it's unbelievable that somebody would return a car that they stole or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, it looks like I better uphold my end of the bargain. And, you know, it didn't process. I was like, wait, what? Are you? <laughs> no, you were just kidding, right? He was like, no, I'm just, uh, well, actually, I'm not going to give it to you just yet. Let me take it into the shop and let's get, you know, a tune up. Let's get new tires on it. Let me juice it up and then I'll have it to you by the end of the week. And he was like, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, and the thing is like, you know, Ty is like a company like, you know, the Ty, the company is full of people that have been there for like 15 years or more. And so I could feel like the laser focused heat <laughs> of everybody in the room. They're like, who's this shithead that just like fucking waltzes in here and he's got a fucking car. He's got like a golden ticket from this crazy billionaire. And he did it. He gave me a car. He gave me a Jeep Wrangler, a 2001 Jeep Wrangler. Um, How long did that car last you? It lasted me all throughout Chicago. Damn. Uh, I, I took it on a road trip to New York 
uh, and then like uh, like Buffalo, like you know, uh, cross country like sort of drives. It was a great car. Mm. And since he's a billionaire, like he only put like twenty thousand miles on it. Like there was like no usage wow. on it. Like it was basically a brand new car. Damn. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Like uh, it's sort of like a segue, but that was that job, mm. and um, the intent was to do uh, video game stuff. So I was doing art it was still art but it wasn't actual like video game development or anything like Mm. that so um in like 2009 like um he laid off the entire like creative staff because like he it was just like on a whim he was like i don't want this anymore Mm. and so he let go of like 30 people like on a friday and so i was freelancing for a little while and i um eventually got a job offer in san francisco for a social games company mm-hmm. basically i was riding the train into like you know farmville money sure, sure. and um that's what brought me to the west coast and that was like in 2010 and um after i was working in the social games industry for a little while i ended up working at zynga the guys that actually made mm-hmm. farmville and uh that was like a fun time i was actually making art and I was actually doing illustration for games. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if it's because I joined Zynga of all places, but I was getting kind of disillusioned with, um, you know, making art. Like, I didn't feel, I felt like a cog yeah, in the machine. Yeah. Like, not that I was, like, really making my own stuff. I still wasn't, like, injecting my sure. voice. And um, it wasn't until 2004, I think, that I was like, you know what? Uh, 2004, 2014. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think um, maybe I could do cartoons, like maybe cartoons. Like I know that there's some sort of overlap between creating art for games and creating art for the animation sure. industry. Like, and I didn't know what it was, but, you know, um, I hit up some people that I knew on Twitter, some mutual friends that were in the animation industry. And like, I eventually got a job at, uh, I eventually tested on a show at DreamWorks. It was called uh, mm-hmm. Home. It was basically the TV or the streaming adaptation of mm. Home with like Tip and yeah, O, yeah. like that 3D movie with Rihanna, the super successful, <laughs> really good movie that everybody knows with, and loves. Uh, Big Bang guy, right? Yeah, with yeah, Bazinga. Yeah, yeah Bazinga. Yeah. Bazinga's himself, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got, yeah, we, we were doing the TV, like the 2D animated adaptation of the 3D purple bazinga mm, okay, okay. CG movie and you know it was good but i mean that's what brought me into the animation industry it was like kind of like a weird stumbling because like you know there's so many people that go to um you know art school and you know do like the internship route i just sort of stumbled upon it via social media mostly like i've gotten all my jobs mm. off of like DeviantArt or a Tumblr or you know um, avenues that people are like, dude, don't get don't get work through there or like it's not a reputable place to be you know making business connections. But I'm living proof. Who of says that? Eighty year olds because it's that is absolutely the way to network. Like in this day and yeah. age, is social media. Um, I, so I have a question for you. So you 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 uh, I mean you drew as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you draw your whole life up to this point? Or was there a period where you stopped drawing or were you always doodling? I was, I mean, I just doodled when, I mean, I drew a lot when I was like seven or eight years old. 
Mm. And then it was just something that I would pass the time with when I was bored in class, you know, just drawing like the margins of my notebooks and uh, nothing like I never like studied shading or anything like that. It was just like, okay. oh, I'm just going to draw like, you know, I'm just going to draw like Ryu from Street Fighter perform performing like a fatality on like, you know, yeah. on my teacher, you know, just some really dumb shit. But you but you were drawing pretty consistently, even just for fun, though. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, I was, I was bored in school a lot. So I did, you know, I when did, did you start your DeviantArt? I started in 2004. Like I started mm. like when I, when I switched my majors to computer science, I mean, to graphic design, mm -hmm. that was when like, oh, I have to learn how to draw. So I joined DeviantArt at the same time. Oh, I, I was see. like, oh, I'm going to join Devi DeviantArt because I want to learn how to do art I and, see. you know. Um, do you I've have never... any pictures from that time, from 2004? Do you still? I have never deleted a single drawing. Like you can see, uh, my entire ass is on the internet. If it's... I if I go to your DeviantArt right now, I can see your earliest drawings. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Right yeah, you can. I'm gonna do that right now, actually, if you don't it's, mind. It's yeah. Go ahead, go go do it. It's not my fault if your eyes bleed. No, no, no. Not like in a. Oh, it's. I just. I'm genuinely curious to see like. Like, where were you at when you, like, decided, hey, I'm going to... Because, you know, you know my whole backstory, right? We've talked about this. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, you know, I often... When I, when I talk to a lot of, like, you know, creative people, especially people who were like, yeah, I have, like, no idea how I get, I'm going to get into this, but I want to get into this. Um, yeah, you just kind of start doing it and see where it goes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing uh your early stuff here. Dude, I love that you keep this up because I keep everything up on my voice tumbler as well. Uh my yeah. my old voice it's all there because it's like, yeah, you can you can literally listen and hear me get better <laughs> over time. Uh and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> make me cringe like if uh like you know I hear if I hear my old stuff, but I think it's valuable for creative, you know, aspiring creative people. Oh shit! What are you linking me? <laughs> um, I, I that was the second. That was the second thing that I ever uploaded on DeviantArt. Uh, and then even for me though, I'm like, you know, looking at your oldest stuff on your, you know, for me, I'm I I was never, and I know yes, you can get better at drawing and blah 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 blah, but you know, as someone who never had a passion for it. Or was I was never even the type of like doodle or on the edges or anything like that, you know. It's far above anything I could have done. But you know the you know the the sheer as I'm just scrolling down, and I'm sure you've done this before, where you've or maybe you don't because you don't like to see. But have you ever gotten like scrolled down to the bottom and seen how you've progressed? Because I imagine it must be. Oh no, I I love I love seeing where I've come from. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty astonishing. Like you know, I love seeing that and. <laughs> in creative people like uh especially if they keep all this i mean dude like okay so he's showing me a uh like it's called anime cliche 01 and but listen <laughs> like even this if i if i could have drawn this uh ever <laughs> I mean, i'd be like i mean full <laughs> i'd be like this is pretty good <laughs> full disclosure that might have been i i might have traced that i might have <laughs> I, I may have traced it. Okay, that. okay. I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, uh, 
I don't know. That looks like the, the composition on that seems a little bit. I mean, those Photoshop leaf like brush, mm. you know, like that was that was all me. That's that was a Dave original, but like yeah. uh, it looks too good for me to have actually done on my own. But dude, I'm I'm just scrolling up and scrolling up and like it's you yeah it's just it's all it's growing up it's growing up and growing up and that's that's always really cool to see in a in a creative person so okay that's interesting to me like i never so because i know you'd been on deviantart forever i know you kind of had a quote-unquote late start i don't think there's such thing as a late start i think it's just a matter of like hey you decided you want to like do a thing okay yeah go for it like uh and i always tell people like there's no uh, whether you get paid to do something or not, I don't think it. I mean, it matters for your for your livelihood, but like in terms of creative passion and pursuit, you know, just fucking do it for fun first, anyway. Um, yeah. But, okay, so it, was it home from home to KO, or was there were there shows in between there? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was so I was on home as like sort of like um. Uh, it was more or less like a storyboard revisionist. Like I was taking cues from the supervising director. It wasn't really my own voice. I was mm. basically like the hands of another more experienced veteran sure. artist, you know, sort of teaching me the ropes. KO was my first like full on storyboarding job. That was just my voice. In the mm. things. Now, when you were, because um, KO is inter- is one of those shows where it's board driven, so you're basically writing it almost, not almost, but you are like writing the jokes, and they give you an outline, but you you know a lot of it is heavily influenced by you and controlled by you. Yeah, yeah. Like, was did you have fear going into it? Oh God, like that. I had, I had fear the entire length of my you know tenure. Mm. At OKKO, like I think I've got like a bit of a uh, like a inferiority, like sort of complex Mm. that I never went to school for this. Like I never went to school, and there are all these people that you know did senior theses and people that actually do animation. Like all I drew was like just bullshit. Like I never like animated a thing Mm. prior to joining the animation industry. Like I never even like you know, finished, like, a comic, you know. I didn't even have, like, narrate, like narrative, like, yeah. chops, like, going into the industry as well. And so I was like, uh... Oh, I, I, not inferiority, it was imposter yes, syndrome. Yes, 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 what I, right. was, what I meant to say. Uh, I was like, I would say that my first year on KO was me holding my breath and thinking, like, when is the other shoe going to drop? When are they going to realize that they've hired a fake? That like, when are they going to realize that like, oh shit, we made a mistake. This person doesn't actually know anything about <laughs> right, what they're right, doing. Right. It's so funny to me that you say that because you know, uh, I watched early KO like you know, um, and when I saw your episodes uh, with Hill and I was like, this is fucking great. Like this is, this is and not only is it great. But clearly, I can see like both of you guys is like, influ- like clear influence on it, which is so. I love seeing that in board driven shows. Like I like going, oh okay, like this is a this is a Dave episode. That's this is a you know, oh like oh yeah that that joke there that you know that art there absolutely screams you know them. Like I I I really like seeing that. Uh, so. Yeah, imposter syndrome's crazy because it's like, you know, I see, I look at it as, as an outsider. I'm like, damn, you know, he seems like he's been doing it, like, 
He must have been doing boarding for a while now, but I'm just a really good liar. Yeah. Just... Well, I, I think <laughs> just... also I think you're just. I think you have a good sense of what's good. That's the most general way of saying it. But I think I think that a discerning uh, eye. I think which which I think helps. I, I feel like on the subject of that, I feel like uh, I feel like that's something that everybody mm. has. I just think that um really it's a matter of shame to me like uh I oh, feel like imposter syndrome oh no 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 I mean like you know having a good eye like uh, I I feel like that has everything to do with like uh having the shamelessness to say this is something that I like and I'm gonna double mm. down on this you know I feel like uh, that trips up so many people and you know they end up making really like you know safe choices. And I think safe choices are choices that, like, inevitably just, like, they, they don't rise to the top, you know? Like, they always, like, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Um, safe choices are safe because, you know, it doesn't make sure, you stick sure. out from the crowd, et cetera. Um, and, you know, hearing, you know, your, you know, your imposter syndrome, like, I don't feel imposter syndrome anymore, but uh, there is definitely a period okay that's not true i do feel imposter syndrome whenever i try like a new thing like if i do something like like when i did live action mm. something for the first time or uh whatever new if it's a brand new venture of course i'm gonna feel it but you know like with voiceover uh this is like my sort of my dirty secret i've never taken a class uh any acting class in my life any vo class uh i know this is like like uh, in the industry, they're like, "What? You've never, you know, you should like you take it." But I just, I've only, I've done, I've learned by doing. That's now I will admit I probably would have gotten better faster uh, if I had taken classes, but that that wasn't an option for me at the time. It was like I don't have the money or mm. the, uh, I don't live there or you know like there you know, so I have to just kind of learn by doing and it was that uh, you know hyperbolic time chamber uh let's just do it one ad one a day and that that's sort of that was like my hard knocks self-training i guess but uh so that's sure. I, I feel i feel a sort of kinship to you in that like um no formal training but we both we both got in somehow <laughs> and i think we're both doing okay <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think that like um uh what a person lacks in formal training if they start late for example, they more than make up for with like, you know, hunger. Like mm, it, it's sure. one of those things where I think um where insecurity can be a powerful fuel for you to like close the gap. Mm, mm. I feel like since I never had any academic like things to back myself up i did i had no safety net of saying like well mm -hmm. i finished college um mm -hmm. you know shit like that i finished art school or whatever i feel like i was in a position where i had to hustle even harder uh just so people couldn't say shit there was definitely a hunger but i think also if i'm just gonna like jerk us off for a second here like knowing you like and this is going back to sort of like the discerning eye like you know i think you just have good taste in like animation in general right and then for me it's like you know i because i think because we're both f passionate fans of the medium you know i i was a big you know i was big into listening to voice acting as a kid even before i knew 
I ever wanted to do it as an adult. Like I would like you know very like study like oh who is that voice? Okay, oh that's Jeff Bennett or that's Tom Kenny. What do they do in this cartoon? And oh I would recognize the thing. And so for me it's like I know what a good performance sounds like, <laughs> and I know what a bad performance sounds like. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like I. I am aware of the standard that I try to hold myself to because I know not to say that I am as good or whatever as like you know legendary voice actors, but I know what's what I consider to be you know good, and I think you know that that would certainly help you right like you know with what is good animation, what is good you know dialogue. You know I think um, you know not everybody has good taste in things, but I I know you know as your friend that I I believe you strongly have you know. A good sense of taste of like in creative shit, and I think that absolutely is uh, a benefit to anyone in a creative field, regardless of their background or experience. Yeah, I just think it it just boils down to like you know going all in on the stuff that you really like. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, I feel like when you don't have that, that's when you know that's when a voice becomes boring. When like you don't want to take a leap and say like you know what, I just really love feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, now uh, I don't know. We kind of got your. We I'm got not your... saying that I really love feet. Okay, cool. Do you want to just <laughs> shout it out somewhere? I'm yeah. I'm Dave. Not a fit. Not a foot lover. Okay. Okay. Got it. It's definitely gonna work for me. <laughs> uh, now that we've got your your bio sort of out of the way, not out of the way. I thought it was. I I I actually think it's very interesting to hear. Um. Anything you want? And I always try to give uh, the guests anything you just want to talk about or bring up. Uh, no, this is pretty much in the wheelhouse of like. Um, um, I did want to talk about creative stuff, and I think it's also interesting, like plumbing the depths of like since I'm like bicultural, like you know I was born here, mm. uh, so I have like an American, like I was brought up, I was raised as an american child but there's an equal part of me that was also raised as like a filipino child like as a filipino like teenager to like young adult and um uh i i feel like that is part of the equation that helped me like approach things from a different angle Mm. like uh, i think a lot of people see their differences or the differences they have in say like culture or whatever you know like uh, race orientation etc as things that limit them but um uh, maybe this is uh uh an idealistic view but i feel like it's specifically my differences that gave me uh the edge in like you know i don't know attacking things from a different direction like i feel like especially for creative things it's like it's the the work that you've last done or the stuff that's got you noticed. It's like you have to do something that makes people notice, like, you know, why you? Right? Yeah. And I feel like um, my culture is that spice that makes people go like, oh, OK, yeah, that's uh, that's Dave. Mm. And the the parts that people are going like, oh, that's Dave's art or that's Dave's voice. That's definitely owed to, you know you know, my upbringing, mm. which I think is from a different place than, you know, I think a lot of other people. Sure. Uh, well, we mentioned it before. Underrated food. Just going to switch the topic real quick. Underrated food. I've got, well, I mean, the first thing that I thought of when I saw that question was um, 
was a uh, uni. Oh yeah, which every every white person you talk to is like, mm, it's weird. Uh... <laughs> it's. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. Like the first time I ate uni, like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this is fucking bird shit. Well, the first time I ate uni, I had bad uni, so it was just like, oh, this is not good. This wouldn't have been good no matter yeah. what. Okay, I, I tease because yes, uni, you know, it's an, you know, if you've never had it, yeah, it's certainly very like, whoa, like this is different, right? If you're especially yeah. if you're not used to like really sort of briny flavors or you know like that sort of thing, <laughs> um, but. I agree with you. I mean, I mean, obviously, in the culinary world, it's not underrated. In fact, maybe you know, it's maybe they use it a little too much. But for the average like eater, oh yeah, I think the general reaction is like, it tastes, uh, it tastes too weird. It's like, no, it's delicious, man. It's it's fucking yeah, one of the best. I mean, it basically it's it's basically like the gaminess, like whatever gamey is applied to like you know sea you know like marine creatures or whatever i'd say like brininess like is probably the best way to describe it right it's like it's like eating like a fish's like crotch you know <laughs> they'll really make you want to eat it yeah, right it's just like a big old fish dick is what uh is yeah what like. good old that's fish why dick. i like it anyway but, yeah uh, i only eat fish because i want to you know <laughs> um I don't know what that Let's means. Let's see. I have one. This isn't underrated, but for some reason, I just always want this. And sometimes it's dog shit. Sometimes it's pretty good. But it's it's. Uh, I'm gonna say a, just a Caesar salad. Like I mm. I love Caesar salad. And if it's ever an option at like even the shittiest restaurant, I'm like, you know. Give me the side Caesar salad. Let's see how it is. And sometimes it's really good because, you know, they actually make it right. And sometimes it's, you know, basically ranch on, like, on, on, on yeah, dog yeah. Shit. You know, it's like, but when you can get a really good one, you know, there's, like, actual, like, anchovy in there, which I know the whole, it's debatable, oh, did the original have anchovy or whatever. But for me, I like the anchovy. Um, like, are there actual egg yolks being used in there? Okay. Okay, they're clearly somebody's actually trying here. It's pretty fucking good. That's uh Oh that's yeah. One, that's I one I agree completely. Um that's funny because like um I just made Caesar salad like uh the other day, mm -hmm. like like two days ago and yeah, it's that thing where I feel like making my own Caesar salads have sort of they've ruined me a little on like ordering it at other places mm. because uh having a bad Caesar salad is you know it's still good you know it's it's never i'm never like oh gross like like i'll be honest like even if you gave me like lettuce with a crap load of ranch on it i'll be like okay i'll eat this yeah i'd rather <laughs> have that than like a really bad just tape like house salad or something yeah 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 like Stuff that you'll find, like, you know, on a buffet plate. You know, right. Like, stuff that other food sits on. <laughs> like, that's what <laughs> those house salads feel like to me. You got another one? But, Underrated? Uh, I mean, you already mentioned it. Anchovies. Like, mm. I don't get I don't get all the anchovy hate. Uh, I think, first off, people are just fucking babies when it comes to fish. Right, Jay? Uh, and then otherwise, <laughs> there's also, like... Um, <laughs> Uh, it's very, they're very salty. 
Unless not well, all of them, but I but you know what I mean. In general, they're kind of salty. And yes, the higher yeah. quality anchovies you get, the less you know salty they are. Um, but I think that can be challenging for people because they're already put off by like, oh, ew, it's a fish, and then oh, ew, it's a strong flavor. Like I love anchovies. Like I think a couple months ago, I was re I was like splurging on some pretty nice ones, like you know, and. That, that, yeah, I remember yeah, that. That was like heavenly. I was like, oh man, these are so good. I think a lot of people don't realize though, you know, anchovies and fish sauce, if you just, you know, add that to like certain dishes, it's just, that's just pure umami flavor, baby. No fishiness. I, I think um, people associate like, you know, oh, it's like a rotten fish or something like mm. that with like the taste of an anchovy. But I think um, like, if you add it to dishes, like it's the best thing you can add to a dish. Yeah. Like you said, like it's umami and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, people, I would say that people probably would never be able to detect it if it was in and in the right like quantity and proportion. Absolutely. Going off of that, uh, I think maybe even I'm not gonna say more underrated, <clears throat> but actually, I mean it could be sardines. Uh, I think mm. that has a really negative like association. Like sardines, you think of like, oh, it's in a tin can, it's out of a garbage can. Like Oscar, Oscar the Grouch eats sardines, and I think a lot of people think that sardines are gonna taste like how anchovies taste. I love both. I don't get me wrong, but sardines do not taste nearly as fishy and salt. In fact, they're not that salty. They're just kind of like yeah. nice, rich, you know. Like very tasty fish, like you know, you you kind of like on the milder end, not like super salty at all. You know, packed into good olive oil, they're very good. And like, yeah. have you ever tried like like sardines and avocado on toast? Have you ever, have you ever tried that combination? Oh hell yeah! I was gonna say um, when you were talking about anchovies, I was gonna say that one of my favorite like uh, like a childhood snack that my dad always had that I, I ended up loving was like. Having like a roll or a piece of bread, uh, just putting some like just um, spreading some butter on it, mm. and then just putting like a fucking like sardine in olive oil. Yeah. Like just bite into that, and then you dip your bread into the olive oil in the can. Mm. Oh god, so good. It's fucking good. Well, I mean, I was also thinking of um, you know chicken feet as well. Mm, yeah. uh, I was just. I was just tweeting about this this morning. Like, I just had dim sum this morning. Yeah. I didn't have chicken feed, but chicken feed is definitely one of the things where people hear foot and they're immediately like, uh, keep that shit away from me. Um, there's yeah. a, toe, a chicken's toe is not entering this person's mouth. Chickens, chicken <laughs> feet are great. See, I'll, I'll go back. I'll throw one back. Pig's feet are, I love pig's, pig's feet. feet. Yeah. Pig's feet are great. Anything with like a nice, you know, that sort of. This won't sound appealing to people who don't know, but the gelatinous, you know, sort of yeah, the the, the collagen, the collagen, like looking, yeah, like that it. that that meat. Oh, I mean, um, oxtail is one. Of the, that's that's one of the, <clears> my <throat> favorite <throat> meats of all time. Is just a good oxtail. Oh yeah. Um, a lot of things we're describing though, like people in the you know, in the know of food are like, yeah, of course, but you know, for the average yeah. common person, because you know, like you know, even like bone marrow, like like grosses people out and i'm like it's one of the most delicious things in the world like yeah I, I hope you can open your heart someday and let yourself have a good time and just have some fucking bone marrow just meat it's butter so good just meat butter inside all 
Uh, you got any others? I'm looking at a thread right now on Reddit of what are supposedly underrated foods, and like these are not. Yeah, steak. That's so underrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, steak. The most underrated food on earth. Right. Nobody likes a steak. You got any others? Um, um let's see. I mean, it was. Uh, I would say like uh, um, another one is like uh, the tamale part of the crab, like the crab mm, guts. Like yeah. uh, coming to this country, uh, it bewilders me. Like you know when people get crabs and stuff and lobsters and stuff, all they want is either the claw or the tail, and those are good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, but that's just that's just like a supporting actor. The main the main event is you know. All the shit, all like the brains and the guts and stuff. Mm-hmm. That is just, you know, I guess I'm calibrated if you like anchovies and oysters and like, you know, really rich sea things, briny things, then, you know, that's the tamale of a crab is right up your alley. I know I've brought this dish up to you many times, but I forget if you've actually had it, but Ganjang Gejang, the crab, raw crabs marinated in soy sauce. Have you had that? It's so good. It's, it's so... It's gel- it's, yeah, just... That is the ultimate way to experience a crab leg or like a limb, for example. Yes. Like, it just breaks it down. It breaks it down and it breaks the proteins down in a way that it really is just like having like you know delicious like crab jello. Yes, yeah, <laughs> which sounds <laughs> doesn't sound great, but it's 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 delicious. How do you feel about? Uh, I mean, we've been on the food train. I don't mind staying on the food train. Like, what are the what are the uh, Maddie um, suggested this? Like, what are the best meals that you've ever eaten? What are the most memorable meals that you can remember having? Mm, okay, most memorable meals. It's hard because I feel like it's such a hard question to answer because I feel like somebody that nuts for food like as much as I do like <laughs> that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, and like so. I think for me, I have to separate this. It's like I'm not just gonna list off my favorite foods. I have to remember like experiences. You know, I'm 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 the type of food person where I love all food. So I've gone to like, you know, something like like Providence. You know, super mm. expensive, really nice food, and that was one of the best meals I've ever had for sure. It was very very good. Um, but at the same time, uh, one of my favorite. I don't know, not a specific meal, but, like, sort of in that time frame, like, it's, like, middle of winter in Michigan. Anne-Marie and I go over to the Steak and Shake. There's a cookie butter seasonal shake there. I'm going to – I get mm. my double uh, with – it's my – I get the double burger, just cheese because I just want to taste the patties, the smash patty, crispy patties and cheese. Again, the shoestring fries. Oh, I think, I think maybe the first time I went to Steak and Shake and had that, oh, that, that would be, like, one for me. <laughs> I think not like ninety percent of these are gonna be like mo- meals my mom made or have you know yeah, yeah. Uh, you know uh, just coming in with a big platter of karabi, uh or like you know back when, whenever we go there for like Thanksgiving or uh, or Christmas actually either one like you know she'll she'll usually cook up some good shit. I will say, Dave, one of them is a meal that you made for me. Not one of them, but one I one that I remember is, remember you sous vide, you did the sous vide on those steaks with the with the rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, was that the one where with the egg yolk? Yeah, yeah, that was really mm. fucking good. That is still, no joke, one of my favorite steak meals I've had. 
Uh, I, I won't. I won't be modest about it. I'm very proud of my. Your steaks, steaks are so good, and <laughs> when I've gotten because we've done like food trades in the past, uh, whenever I get like the rice from you of like, hey, I I made this fried rice with the steak drippings. It uh, oh my god, I jizz my pants. I'm like, fuck I... yes, like this is my <laughs> one of my favorite things to eat for. Like, I kind of I mean, like you cook a lot of great <laughs> shit, but just the simplicity of just like, yo. Here's some good fried rice cooked in steak drippings and fat. <laughs> I love that shit. I I kinda I kinda like the rice more than the steak. <laughs> like, I like the byproduct more. Um I can't say I like it I more, know, it's but fine. it's so good. And I think it, it stands out that like, you know, I've had a lot of your great cooking. I, and it's all been excellent, but one of my favorites is that steak fried rice. Like I can't get it like I could just eat that forever like I, it's, it's so good but it's it's ruined me on like traditional steakhouses like i can't go to regular steakhouses because uh to me part of steak is having it with rice mm. and you know hopefully with you know the drippings like steak fried rice yeah yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> going to a steakhouse and getting like mashed potatoes and like you know the horseradish sauce etc like the garlic crema whatever like you know that's that's good that's it's good but to me it's still something that's like i would much rather have it with a giant mouthful of like you know savory rice oh, could you and, imagine if that was the standard like you can get like you know here here's the best ribeye you've ever had from a steakhouse and here's some good ass fried rice with it oh my god yeah i mean i i don't understand why that's not more because when i went to um japan and mm. <clears throat> When I went to Kobe to um, get Kobe beef, some A5, they made a garlic rice out of the steak drippings. And, like, I was like, of course. Like, you know, I I feel so validated that people are making this thing that I love to make, like, at the absolute highest level of steak preparation. You and I need to go to Japan because I need you to bring me to the best food places. But... Well, okay, going so now you answer the question, and you know, what are some of your best meals or, or most memorable meals um, you've ever had? So I'm going to I'm going to omit my food, my family memories, because sure. I think it's a given that your most memorable a person's most memorable meals are um, the meals that their their mom or dad cooked mm-hmm. them, or you know something like yeah. that. Um, I would say that. Um, the first time I ever ate a spider roll was a mind-blowing experience to me. This was at a place in Philly mm. um, that actually when I moved back to the States, I ended up working at. You know, my first job in the States was a prep cook for a Japanese restaurant. Mm. It was called Genji at the time, but it's no longer there. It's called like, I think it's called Koi now. It's like for any of you in Philly listening, it's around like 17th and Sansom. But um, they had a spider roll there and I didn't know... Like, sushi was always something that was like, oh, this is good. Mm. But the first time I bit into that soft-shelled crab and, like, you know, the guts and stuff, and they made it with, like, you know, the burdock root and stuff, Mm. it was so, so good. Like, I could not fathom, like, something that I was like, I just wanted to eat this for the rest of my life. Um, Another time was um, in San Francisco – one of the Korean restaurants that we frequented in San Francisco is called Hanil Kwan. Mm. Uh, I might be butchering that pronunciation, mm. but um, their 
their kalbi is uh there it's it was so good no the stew particularly the what, kalbi chim, was it? Kalbi chim? Mm-hmm. yeah yeah like um it was so good i mean to me that's become like you know the um, that is like the gold standard in my head when i try to cook it like i've cooked it a few times and i'd say it's okay but it doesn't you know measure up to that place mm. but that place was really good and i'm really curious to know how it fares to people that grew up with the dish though that like, specifically might from just that be, restaurant what's specifically that? from that restaurant you mean yeah yeah oh, i would yeah, love yeah. to try it yeah i you know me i have a very uh high standard yeah as yeah. anyone does <laughs> if they grew up eating their you know so but i have no doubt that it's good for sure uh i it's it's one of those things that like that place is really it was it stuck out to me because um there are always like one or two tour buses korean tour buses mm. that parked outside of it because that's where all you know that's what they're i guess before or after their tours they would eat there mm. and that was one of the things that tipped us off to like oh i think we should eat here like, yeah like <laughs> like boatloads like you know busloads of people are coming just for the food of like OG people are going for the food, so I think that is always that's always good. a good sign, yeah. And one of the other, like, <clears throat> I feel like so many fine dining restaurants have been really amazing. Like we recently had and Naka, like mm-hmm. the take home, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, and that was so good. That was really really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I would say that it's pretty memorable, but in general, most like high end places haven't been so memorable to me with uh, one big exception and that was um uh Giro's when we went to Giro's Oh my god I'm so jealous of you Um we went to Giro's because like as soon as we watched Giro Dreams of Sushi in like 2012 uh me and some friends in San Francisco we were like we're going to get reservations like we're calling up right now and we're we're reserving for like you know 6 months down the line and we're taking a trip to Japan so we can go yeah. there and it was it was such a crazy experience. Like, the food was good. I, I know that we've talked about this. No, but food, please right? describe it. Describe it for the for the listeners. So, I mean, I think the important thing with um, eating sushi in Japan, for example, is that at least for you know people that are on one of the coasts and people that have access to good fish and fish, uh, you know, sushi grade fish, mm-hmm. um, you'll be pleasantly surprised to find out that. The sushi in Japan is better, um, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Mm-hmm. But it's not tremendously yeah, it's not that better. much better like, you know, like, it's, compared to like some really good places here. Yeah, I, I was going into having sushi in like Japan, thinking like, "Oh, is this going to ruin me on American sushi?" And it absolutely does not. In fact, it sort of elevated like you know my respect for it because I thought like, "Oh, wow, really high class sushi is you know readily available." I mean, at least in like LA or like San Francisco mm. or on the coast. Like, I'm sure that that's true for you know any place that has good fish. Any place you can get good fish in the states will probably have good sushi grade. You know, you'll probably get some good sushi around that area too. Right. But um, so we went to Jiro's and it was terrifying because i mean one it cost uh, about 350 bucks for the whole per person Mm. for the whole experience for it was like a 15 course sushi dinner Mm. and i think you know 
pound for pound or grain of rice by grain of rice, that's probably one of the most expensive meals that you would, you know, you could pay for. Mm. Like uh, $350 versus what you are actually getting mass-wise, like stuff that, like, is this going to fill your belly, et cetera, et cetera. Like, um, it's really, really expensive. Yes. But um, I would say that it's not so much, you're not getting, like, it's thinking of it as just, something that will fill your belly is probably the wrong way to go about thinking about right. it. It's like, I think it's more like you're paying for a show because in each of those 15 courses, uh, since we're foreigners, like, you know, um, you know, he had somebody to translate for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he told us where each of the fish came from. He gave us teas to pair with wow. it. He gave us appetizers to cleanse the palate that were specifically made for the fish that we were about to have. Fuck. So we were tremendous. We were taken care of in such a good way. It's like to testament to like how observant he is. Like um, he um, noticed right away that I was the person that was like, I was the person that was like sort of translating or mm. the person that was like speaking. Cause like I speak, you know, pretty, you know, passable conversational Japanese. Sure. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert, but I can get around and I can talk to people in Japan. Mm-hmm. And so he, he identified that immediately and he seated me like, um, like right in the middle, mm. uh, just so, you know, um, when he would talk to me, when the guy would talk to me, that it would be reaching all of us. Wow. He didn't want it to be a situation where, uh, the guy would be, the translator would be talking to one end of the table. Right, right, right. You know, and he also noticed um, which one. Uh, we had two people in our four-person group that were left-handed. Mm. He picked up on that as well and seated them accordingly, just so that, like, you know, there wouldn't be any, like, you know, clashes or bumps sure. when he gave out the sushi and stuff. Like, uh, that level of attention to detail, like, oh, this is why this is a three Michelin star, mm. like, restaurant. And... Of course, the um, the fish was amazing. The sushi was incredible, and that egg, the tamago, the tamagoyaki, mm-hmm. like it was incredible. Like I will never have sushi like that, you know, for as long as I live. It was so good, but it, I, I felt fully taken care of. Like it was about we were eating for about like an hour and a half, mm. and I would say paying that much for that hour and a half private show, like. Uh, I would say it's more than worth it. Oh yeah, that sounds absolutely worth it. I like it. Yeah, it. I mean, I think some people would get caught up on the price and like, you know, just sushi. Like, I like the sushi right here. Like, why would I have to go to Japan and you know uh, do this really expensive thing when you know I can find good sushi anywhere? And it's not really about the sushi; it's about the entire experience. Although, I'd say it's also about the sushi. I want to eat that. Sushi. <laughs> But um, I, I told you about um, the uh, the interview, like the, the autographing thing, right? The autographing thing, maybe remind me. The, there was a yeah, there was an incident. Like, so I wasn't gonna go to Japan and to Jiro's without getting an autograph from the man himself, mm. right? So after our meal, I was like, "Hey, can I get your autograph?" Mm-hmm. And so I had my sketchbook with me, and I brought up my sketchbook. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'll, um, I'll, um, sure, I would love to sign your book. And so I gave it to him, and then I was giving him my brush pen, and he looked at me, and he scoffed. He was like, I don't need that. Well, and then he, he literally, he clapped. He went, and 
one of the employees, like he had his special calligraphy, like, you know, <laughs> signing brush. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't sign with your peasant brush. Holy I've got my own. Shit. You did not. Tell and me so this. it was in like a gold foil box and he took it out and like he dipped it in the ink and he was like, shoo, shoo, shoo. and it was like the perfect signature. It was so badass. I hope you have that frame or and, something. Well, I mean, the more interesting part of the story is that yeah. right before we went to Japan, I was like, oh, this is the sketchbook that I'm taking. And one of my friends played a prank on me, and he printed out a decal of a really thick, like, cough, <laughs> like a really veiny, like, like really crude-looking dick. Like, it was thick, it was, like, hairy, and, like, it was chody. Sure. It was, like... It was a very disgusting, ugly-looking goblin thing. Mm-hmm. And it was plastered on the front of my sketchbook. <laughs> it was the only thing on the cover of my sketchbook. And so when I brought out the sketchbook, I was very careful to, like, take it out and, like, flip it to an empty page yeah. and be like, here, sign this. Because I didn't want him to see the fucking Yeah, dick. right. And so he signed it. And when he was done signing it, he closes the book <laughs> and hands it back to me. <laughs> And when he closes the book, he closes it dick side up and is just staring at this <laughs> giant wiener. <laughs> and he looks at it. He looks at it and he, like it takes him like a second. Then he looks back up at me and he's like, what is this? He's like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> like, Nani. <laughs> like, he was just like, and I was just, it was, I was scolded. Like, you know, I, I could feel his eyes pierce through me, but he looked at me and he said that. And I was like, um, I'm sorry. I just like, he, he looked at me like, you didn't deserve my signature. Like, <laughs> like, I could tell that that's exactly what he was thinking. He had that sort of look in his eye where he was like, you're real lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a real lucky guy because if I had seen this shit prior, then you would not have gotten. Wow. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have gotten my signature. So I apologized, and he laughed it off. He was like, "Fucking Americans, mm. you go on, you crazy kids." Mm. And that was our that was our experience, and it was great because the person who did it to me, like to put that sticker on. He's got like the most shrill, annoying laughter like that I've ever like, you know, it's just like, like, you know, like that kind of yeah, a laugh. Yeah. And so when he turned and he's when he paused and he was like, hey, what is this? He started laughing and I was like, it was like insult to injury. I was like the entire trip in Japan, like I was so like trying to be as mindful as I could to not be <laughs> the loud, annoying foreigners. And it, this was like, you know, this was a private thing, but you know, t- for him to see the dick, look at me and then hear shrill <laughs> cackling, I was like, oh, fuck. In front of you. <laughs> in front of me. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, I mean, we definitely got our money's worth. I will say that that was definitely worth the price of admission. But, but yeah, that was, that was our, that was our trip to Giro's. It was, it was fucking great. I'm so jealous. Uh, well, this has been great. I'm going to have you on again for sure. So, uh, but before, before uh, we sign up, uh, where can people find you? You can find me online underneath, uh, you know, with the handle scrotum nose. 
Wait, what? Your what username is Scrotum Nose? <laughs> Do you have a Scrotum for us? He actually does. I mean, that's uh, why it is. That. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's why we're friends. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's Scrotum Nose. Um, it's uh, surprisingly, nobody's taken that name across social <laughs> medias. So you can find me there on Twitter, on uh, Tumblr, uh, you know, anything like Instagram, like Twitch, everything. Uh, if you look for Scrotum Nose, I'm the only person that you're going to find, I promise. Um, I, like I was saying, I uh, work in animation. I work for the show Craig of the Creek. Uh, it's a really good show. It's really funny. Uh, there's, It's made with a lot of heart by a crew that like really loves the show, like me included. Mm. So if you haven't seen it, I would say give it a watch because, you know, it's... Uh, it definitely feels like a show. It feels like it. Um, it fills a void that would be there if it was not around. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it definitely fills like a spot uh, in you know in a cartoon ecosystem. Yeah. Like, uh, we don't have enough cartoons that are like strictly about like you know family and family relationships and that hit the way that Craig does. You know, to me, it feels like an anime, like sort of like Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that. Yeah, show. it's very so good. So give it a give it a watch. Yeah. If uh, you're into that. Um, otherwise, if you find like I'm most I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, I do draw. <laughs> I promise. But you'll probably see more cooking. You know, pictures like I post what if I post shit that I cook. You know, uh, way more than I actually post. What you expect from the Sato of um, Twitter. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, that's me, Sato. <laughs> Fucking Jay. <laughs> oh man. All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much, my friend. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure. Thank you for and thank you uh, the internet or you know wherever podcasts are uh, aired. Like thank you for listening to me ramble for over an hour. Yeah, thank the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Good job, internet. <laughs>